and just see what the Lord uh, is going to say to us. As I mentioned, we're going to be finishing. This is the fourth week of our series that's been titled Captured, and we are, we're going to be finishing this up tonight. We've got a few areas that we're going to be going into, and so I'm going to start off, and I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than I've been reading, but if you'll take uh, your Bibles and turn with me and go to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 16. Galatians 5 verse 16 is where we're going to be starting. We've been starting at verse 24, but we're going to catch back up and hit a few more of these verses tonight as we uh, complete this. So uh, Galatians 5 verse 16. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I want you to say that with me. I want us to say that together, that 16th verse. You ready? Say, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How many believe it's important that we walk in the Spirit? Amen? I, I, I want you to see that. I want to take just a moment. I want you to see that because it is vitally important that we learn to walk in the Spirit. The only way you will walk in the Spirit is that first your heart must be captured by the Lord. Your life must be completely His, and then you need to strive to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Full of Him. You need to be saved. You need to be filled with His Spirit. And as you are, then you will walk in a life of holiness and sanctification. You'll walk in a life in the Word. You'll walk in the Spirit. And you will not, somebody say not, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I want you to notice something here as we just get started tonight. I want you to notice what this says. I want you to, to see this. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It does not say, walk in the Spirit, and you will never battle with the lust of your flesh. It doesn't say that. It does not say that you'll never have a battle with your flesh if you just walk in the Spirit. That's not what it says. But it does say if you will walk in the Spirit, you are equipped and empowered by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, that you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. As long as you are flesh creatures, as long as we live on this earth, there's going to be temptation. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 tells us that, that, that to not be overly concerned, there is no temptation that is taken you, but such as is common to men. And, and he goes on and, and he finishes that by saying, and with every temptation, God has made a way of escape. I want you to, I want you to understand, somehow I think we miss that, and, and we think, well, if I'm tempted or, well, if I'm struggling, then, then something must be wrong. No, no, we have been given the, the tools and the weapons and the ability and the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the power of His Spirit that, that enables us to walk in liberty, to not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So you're going to fight. That flesh is weak. That's why you can never lean on your own understanding. That's why we can, we can never devise our own ways and somehow fashion God after our image. God was never fashioned after our image. We were created in the image of him. But we've got way too many people today that they want to serve a God that they have fashioned after their own image. So the God they serve is a God that just does whatever they want. And when that doesn't work out, then they want to blame that God. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the kingdom that we are a part of. Amen. There is a narrow way that we walk in, and if we're going to walk in, in the victory that is provided for us over the flesh, that when we become new creatures in Christ, how many of you understand that becoming a new creation in Christ, old things pass away and all things become new, that, that does not mean 
that that old flesh immediately passes away. Anybody discovered that? Flesh is still with you. You'll still carry that, but you now have the ability to bring that flesh into submission unto the Word of God, unto the power of Christ, unto what the will of the Father. Amen. So I, I want you to see that, and I wanted to take just a moment to say that. So you got to, it's important that we get our heart, that our heart is captured by the things of God. The Word of God, the, the life of Christ, the victory that we find in Him by the power of the Spirit so that then we can walk in victory. Verse number 17 then says, for the, and he, he's going to go on and really hit this, for the flesh, who's he talking to? Who is Paul writing to? The church at Galatia. But it's the church that, that, that's going to be reading this. It includes you and I tonight. So he's writing to the church. So he says, for the flesh, church, for the flesh, church, for the flesh, your flesh. Look at someone next to you and tell them your flesh. Now, now look at him again and say, and my flesh, <laughs> lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The law, the law of sin and death. The law that says you have no way out of it. The law that, that says you're separated from God because of sin, and you have no way of reconnecting. And the law that pointed to Christ, the only answer for the law of sin and death was Christ Jesus who died for us. Amen? The perfect sacrifice is the only answer for the law. So, so he goes on and he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That, that law of sin and death no longer applies to you. It's not applicable to you any longer. You're not, you're not living under that. You don't have to walk that way anymore. You don't have to consider yourself bound and consider yourself defeated. You don't, you don't, you don't have to continue that, that walk like you once did. That's why he would go on and say, and once were some of you, but no longer. Amen. Now, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. These are the things that the law made very evident. The law revealed, these, this is the law of sin and death. The law revealed these are the works of the flesh. These are the things that sin has produced. And because of these things, there was separation. And, and here, here, now the works of the flesh are, they're evident. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. That means, that means this is not a comprehensive list. These are just some of the evident things that just popped right off the top. Amen. And such the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not, somebody say will not, inherit the kingdom of God. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of the God, the, uh, the kingdom of God. These are the works of the flesh. This is what the law of sin and death made very evident. This is what we do when we are unregenerate, when we have not been changed, when we are not new creatures, when we have not been renewed by Christ. This is what this flesh produces. Amen. Are you all out there? This is what flesh produces without Christ. This is what flesh produces even in those that claim to be in Christ if they're not walking in the Spirit. Amen. Wow. 
So, but, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. So you got the, well, here's what the flesh produces. This is the things that the flesh is going to try to work up in you and produce through you. Remember, the way out of that is to walk in the Spirit, to to walk in Christ, to walk in the fullness of His Spirit, that's more than, than just an emotional moment on a Sunday. That's, that's the full life in Christ. That's what that means, to walk in the Spirit. That, that's a full life in Christ. That's, that's pursuing everything that God has said to us. I, it amazes me how many people in, in the just religious world in general, that they have such a misunderstanding. And then we want to argue about, well, what all are the experiences? And you got some that say, well, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we don't, we don't believe. I'm going to tell you, let me help you a little bit. If you will pursue everything that you see in the Word of God that is from God, you will learn how to walk in the Spirit. I don't care what you've been taught. I don't care where you went to church your whole life. I don't care what a denomination taught you or what grandma and grandpa said to you or what, what another preacher said to you. If you will give your life to Jesus and you will spend the rest of your life on this earth pursuing every promise you see in the Word of God, pursuing that with everything in your heart and in your life and, and, and going after everything that you see, if you'll do that, you'll learn what it is to walk in the Spirit. Amen. See, I, I don't have to argue with anybody. If somebody says, well, I don't think what you've experienced, I don't believe that's for us today. All I have to tell them is, it's in the Word. You either have to choose to pursue it or not. But as for me, I'm going to pursue everything I see in the Word of God. Amen. Because the flesh is trying to produce some things, and I need to walk in the Spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So, but the fruit of the Spirit, here's what the Spirit produces. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many believe that sounds like a little bit of a better list than that first list that I read to you? Amen. So that's what the Spirit produces. And that's fighting against what the flesh is wanting to produce. And so we have to submit in the Spirit. We have to walk in the Spirit. We have to live in the Spirit so that we don't, our flesh doesn't produce these works. And we walk in that and we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he ends verse 23 by saying, against such, the fruit of the Spirit, against such, there is no law. If I am in Christ and I am pursuing His Word and His promises and everything that He has declared in His Word, I'm walking full of the Spirit, If I, then there is no law that I live by. I am now free. I would, I would dare say, I wouldn't want to put a, a number on it, but I would say the hum, huge percentage of people who call themselves Christians have never walked in freedom like you could if you would pursue everything in God's Word. You know what, you know what too many rely on? Too many rely on whatever truth the preacher gets up and preaches about. And well, we'll grab hold of that. And so that's why you've got churches that are kind of out of balance. You've got churches that they'll preach all about one thing, and their people are all about that thing. Now, y'all aren't, aren't hearing me. Y'all aren't hearing me. You got, you got over here, you got another church, and, and their preacher, he, he's, he's gifted and he's focused in this area, and so the church is all about that area. And then you got this one that they're gifted in this area, and they're all about that area. But the problem is, the people are only trying to live in the truth the pastor is telling them about, or other ministers are preaching to them about, rather than getting into the Word of God and saying, God, what are you saying? What is, what have you promised in this Word? I'm going to go after everything that I see in this word. See, if you get your heart captured, amen, and you go after everything that's in the word, but you got to know the word to do that. You, you got you to read the word. You got to study the word. You got to learn the word. 
You got to pursue. Don't rely on me. I, I will go through times that the Lord will, will direct me and I will be focused in one area because that's what the Lord is speaking to us in that. But that's not all God is speaking. That's only the direction God is leading me as the pastor to preach in that moment. But that doesn't mean he's leading you to be out of balance in your daily life. Amen. What that means is if you're not if you're not walking this out daily and in your word always, then you'll only be trying to live in in what's seasonal in the life of the church. Oh. Come on now. That's good. See, we got too many believers that they're just living season by season and whatever's, whatever's being said in their church because they're not in their own word. Their heart is not fully captured by Christ and, and they're not walking fully in the Spirit. They're not pursuing everything that the Bible says. Amen. See, if you're pursuing everything that the Word says about you and you're, you're in hot pursuit of everything that the Lord has promised in His Word and you have a desire for Him, He's captured your heart, then you'll, you'll thrive in the seasons of the church, but you'll walk in victory because the Spirit will be leading you and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hmm. I think we've bumped into something here that, that is a real dilemma in, in much of the church world today. And so we, we, need to, we need to make sure we can't change everybody, but you know who we can change? <laughs> we can change us, right? We can, we can make a decision to do it. And so against these things, there is no law. Here's the thing. If you're pursuing everything the Lord says in His Word, and your heart's captured by Him, and you're after Him, and you're hungry for Him, and, and you're full of His Spirit, and you're desiring more of Him, the, the law's not going to be your problem. The do's and don'ts aren't going to be your problem. Amen. You're going to be walking in another level than that. You're going to be out of the milk, and you're going to be on the meat of the Word. I, I don't know about you. I'm ready for the meat of the Word. To chew a little bit on that and go deeper in that and mature in the Lord. Amen. And become usable for the kingdom in my daily life and everywhere that I go. And so against, against a, a life that is submitted unto the Lord, captured by Him, full of the Spirit, pursuing everything that he has said in his word and he leads in our lives. For those, there is no law. No wonder Paul could say, for me, all things are lawful. And they said, well, you're saying you can do it. No, they, they, they didn't understand the level Paul was walking in. They didn't understand. See, they were too carnal-minded. They were double-minded. Amen. They, they were looking for loopholes and trying to find things they could do. They were still stuck in the do's and don'ts rather than stuck in the possibilities of a walk with God. Paul was all about a walk with God. He was in relationship with the Father. He, and so he could say, he could say, all things are lawful. Because I'm not living under the law. But not everything's expedient. He's, it's, not, it's not about the works of the flesh. Paul himself just said, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you walk in the Spirit and you will not do those things. So that wasn't what he was talking about when he said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. He wasn't talking about the works of the flesh. Those are addressed at, in Christ, in the fullness of the Spirit. In pursuing Him. But not everything is expedient that I do because God is leading me now. What I'm pursuing, there are some things that are not expedient to help me in that. Amen. If you're stuck in trying to walk as close to the world and trying to find loopholes, I'm going to tell you right now, then you are not in full pursuit of Christ. So against those things, there is no law. 
and those who are Christ, verse 24, and those who are Christ that have been captured, that are his. Those that are his. They're walking in the fullness of the Spirit in pursuit of everything God has promised. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They've put it away. They've laid it down. They're not in a debate over whether it's right or wrong. They've left that debate. They've grown up. They know it's wrong. How many know as a child, you were always in a debate about right and wrong because you didn't know what was right or wrong? But when you are an adult, amen. Now, I don't eat vegetables like I should, but I know that I should. It's a choice that I make. It's not, a, it's not about right or wrong. But here's what I do know. When I was a kid, I would debate with my mom and dad because all I wanted to eat was sugar. Ice cream. Candy. Amen. Cokes. That's all I wanted to eat. And I, could, I would debate with them about that. But I want this, but because I, I was a kid and I didn't, I didn't know what it would do to you if that's all you did. So then there was a debate. But when I got older and matured, there was an understanding that came in that I may make poor decisions, but I know what I'm doing. And if you want to be healthy, there's not a debate like that anymore. Amen. I can, I can make a poor adult decision and eat only candy, but I'm not going to live very much longer. Right? You'll see a whole lot more of me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But you won't see it for long because I won't live very long. Right? It, but it, but I'm not. It, there's no debate about it. It's just a now. It's become a poor decision. If, if we are in pursuit of Christ, decisions become clear. Amen. Newborn Christians, they have legitimate debates about struggles of right and wrong because they're they're learning. They're they're growing in Christ. They're newborns. They're they're having to learn. They legitimately may not know. But for us, every person that I'm looking at here tonight, you are without excuse. Amen. We know. It's not a debate about, well, how close can I come? Would it be okay to do this? No, it's, now it's just, are you going to make a poor decision to walk back into it, or are you going to pursue Christ? Amen. Well, that's pretty good stuff. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Your flesh carries with it passions and desires. So you've got to crucify those. You've got to make the good decision to be spiritually healthy. Amen. If we live in the Spirit, then let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. We don't come con become conceited in this. Provoking one another, envying one another. We're not conceited about it. We, we are just simply settled in the matter. We're pursuing Christ. I'm not trying to provoke somebody else or in, bring envy into your life or envious of somebody else. If I'm in pursuit of Christ and the fullness of, of His plan for my life, I don't have time to be envious of anything else. Amen. I'm not trying to show you something to make you jealous of what I've got. I'm pursuing Christ. And I'm living, I'm living in His blessings. I'm walking in His Word. I'm living according to His plan. And it's there I find joy. If I live in the Spirit, then let me walk in the Spirit. Amen. So, wow, that was a long introduction. I'm not going to recap. Yes, yes, yes. 
we should always be in, in an encouragement to those that would see us. Because we should always do like Paul and say, hey, you follow me as, only as I follow Christ. You live full of the Spirit, and he'll bless you with all blessing. Amen. And he'll lead your life, and he will guide you, and we should be that encouragement. So, so if we're going to, if, if we're, we, we have this understanding, we've been talking about being captured, and we've been talking about, so we must understand who we are. We must be before we can do. So before we can do the will of God and we can, we can be or, or do everything that he's called us to do, we have to learn who we are in Christ. We have to be something. And so we've been focused on that for the last couple of weeks. We've talked about we must be saved and be reconciled. Last week we also talked about we must be whole, complete, full. Tonight we're going to hit a couple of others, and this is how we're going to end tonight. If you're going to do the full will of God and you're in pursuit of him, then you understand that, that you can be called a child of God. You must understand that. You can be called a child of God by God. You're his. Amen. Christ has captured your heart. So be a child of God. Mm, wow. In, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You're sons of God. You're children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. In Galatians 4 and verse number 7, he says, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. Through Christ, you are heirs of God. If, if we have our hearts been captured and we are Christ and we are pursuing him, we're walking in the spirit, we're, we're looking to the things of God, we're, we're walking in the word, we're in full pursuit. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but we're pursuing him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you're doing that, then you can be called a child of God. The only way you can do that is through Christ. But if that's who you are, then don't ever be ashamed of who you are. Understand and make sure you know it and make sure your adversary knows it. I'm talking about the devil. Make sure the enemy of your soul knows, I am a child of God through faith in Christ. But before he can know it, you have to know it. Amen. You are brought in to the family of God. Look with me at Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We have been chosen by God. The spirit of adoption, that's the spirit that says he chose us. Amen. He so loved us, he gave his only begotten son that he would die for our sins. He chose us. How many of you have discovered you can't choose the family you're born into? Amen. I'm not going to ask you how many of you in this place might choose a different family if you could have. Can't choose the family you're born into. But oh, this wonderful thing called adoption means that we were, that, that, that you were 
chosen by someone to be a part of this family. And in this case, we were chosen by God. Turn around and look at a few people. You know who you're looking at? Look at them. Turn around and look at them. Look at them. Put a big smile on your face. Look back at them with some pride. Chin up, chest out. You know why? Because that person you're looking at, that person has been chosen by God to be given the spirit of adoption. I mean, I believe that comes with some clout in the heavenly realm. It may not, it may not, that may not open doors on this earth in the, in the flesh realm, but let me tell you, it opens every door necessary when you understand I'm a child of God. Amen. It opens everything up that God has for you. I am a child of God. I want to declare to you today, I, tonight, I am a child of God. It's not because of me. God chose me. In Christ, he chose me, and I put my faith in Christ, and now I am an heir of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Amen. Not because of me. I couldn't do any of it. If it's left up to me, I'd still be stuck in the works of the flesh. But I can walk in the Spirit because I've been captured by God. I have been chosen and put into His family, and now I can walk in full pursuit of Him. And every promise of the Word of God is mine. It has nothing to do with me. It's all because of the one that chose me. Amen. I think it's important that we understand that. We understand who we are in Christ. We're not these sad sack, wimpy, weak, pathetic little people that just walk around, oh, we're just different than the world. Well, you know, I don't want to say too much publicly because we're just different. Faith is a private thing. No, it's not. We should, we, should, we should be glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord because I'm a child of God. I have entrance into the throne room of the Father because I've got a high priest, my elder brother, amen, who has made a way and a path that I can come before the Father and make my petitions known unto him. It's time the children of God rise up and understand we have authority in Christ Jesus. Amen. Be called children of God. The next thing we must be is we need to understand we are to be light. Be light. We are, we are to be lights in this world. Amen? Well, you don't believe me? That's what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching them. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says to them, You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It's not good for anything just to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Be light. Understand you carry a light. The light of Jesus Christ. The light of a new life. So that you should be producing the good works of your Father. Amen. And you should be able to point people to that so that your Father can be glorified. When was the last time you pointed somebody to the good works that the Father had called you to do and said that's only because He is to be glorified? Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us in verse number 4, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse number 4, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light. 
sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Amen. We are light. We are to be light. Peter would write in, in his uh, first book that he would write, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, you're a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Amen. Be light. Here's another one. As children of God, as light bearers of God, learn what it means to be free. Be free. Amen? How many believe as children of God, followers of Christ, those that are in full pursuit of God and His Word and His promises, we should be free? Don't take my word for it. Let's see what the Word of God says. If you're not free, I've got a word for you tonight. Jesus said in John chapter number 8 and verse number 31, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Be free. Know the truth. His disciples know the truth, because his disciples are in pursuit of him. And so, truth, and then he said in verse 33, and through verse 36, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son, here we go, abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. Amen. Be free. Quit buying the lie that says you have to be in bondage. I'm not in bondage to anything or anyone. I am only bound to Jesus Christ and to the Father. When I know the truth, I'm free. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.17 and the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's freedom. Be free. Be free from the yoke of bondage. Be free from the works of the flesh. Be free from the old nature. Be free from generational bondage. Don't buy that. Well, that's just, my mom was that way, and her mom was that way, and her dad was that way, and that's just, no, no, I'm in Christ. I have, I've been adopted. Spiritually, I've been adopted into a whole new family. And that family that I'm now adopted into and placed into through Christ, there is no bondage in that family. <laughs> Amen. There is no generational curses or bondage in that family. I'm free in Jesus Christ. Amen. Be free. Well, hold on. The Word also tells us we can be healed. I'm not making this up. Psalm 107 verse 20 said, He sent His Word to heal them. The 
you, you can take the debate up with God. I'm not debating with you. That's what the Word says. Well, Pastor, what about this? And well, why haven't we done this? Well, why, why, why? I, I, I'm, I'm not here to debate. I'm just here to tell you what the Word says. And I need to be in full pursuit of whatever the Word says. And I'm not to put my parameter. Remember, God, I don't fashion a God after my own image. So I don't put my understanding on God and say, well, why this and why that and why that? All I know is I'm going to pursue what God says. That's why I'll tell people when, when they ask me to pray with them. And I will tell people, here's what, we're, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not God. I don't know exactly how he's going to do it or what's going to do unless he gives me wisdom to know that. But my Bible tells me that we are to pray and believe that we receive when we pray. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe. It's all in God's hands. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe. Come on now. Because the Word says it. The Word says in Mark 16. He gave them his name. He said, in my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I can already hear all the, well, why, well what about this one? And what about that one? And what about this? And what about that? I'm not, I, we got to get out of the debate business. And we got to get out of the argument business. And we got to get back to the faith business. All I know is I'm to believe. Well, if it doesn't look like we thought it was going to look, then let's keep believing. Is that too, is that, is that too radical? Well, I thought, I thought something was going to happen this way or that way. Well, if it isn't, let's just keep believing. Because if it's not good, God's not done. And I never read in the Word where he tells us to quit believing. I don't read that in there. I, I, never, I never read. Now, I, I, everything's not going to always, everywhere Jesus went, the, not every person was healed at times. Sometimes unbelief got in their way. Other times, I'm not saying that's the problem with you or with me or anyone. I'm just saying there were reasons, things that we don't understand. Some people go through. Paul prayed, and it wasn't taken from him. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. But I never once read where God retracts what he said. And he said, oh, you know what? If, if you did it three times and it didn't work, then just quit believing. After three times, that's when you start making excuses. No, it's not in the Bible that way. He says, believe. So I'm going to believe, and I'm going to rejoice. In the waiting, I'm going to rejoice. Amen. Amen. In the night season, I'm going to expect joys coming in the morning. Amen? When, because he sent his word. He took stripes on his back that we would be healed. He says, be healed. He would speak to him and he would say, be healed. Amen? Come on, someone. Are y'all are with me? Get, quit, quit putting everything in your understanding and just get in the word. Pursue the word. Amen. Keep believing. Be healed. Last one, be filled. We read about it in Galatians. Be filled. But it didn't just stop there. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The connotation there, the, the true understanding of that is be being filled. Be continually filled. Not just one time. Keep being filled. <laughs> Amen. In Luke chapter 24 and verse number 49. He told them, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued 
with power from on high until you are filled, until you are overcome, overshadowed and clothed with my power. Be filled. Amen. Pursue it. Well, I don't, I don't know. I prayed and asked God to fill me and I didn't speak in tongues and I didn't do this. Keep pursuing. Read what the Word says and pursue what God said in His Word. Don't, don't, I, if I, I don't know if I heard what Vernon said, but here's what, here's what, quit seeking after an experience and seek him. Because the more you seek him, the more you'll be filled. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall what? Be filled. <laughs> Amen. It's time to be filled. See, if you can understand who you are and you can be saved and reconciled and understand you can be whole and understand you're complete in Christ you can be a child of God you can be light in this dark world you can be free you can be healed and you can be filled if you can do if you can come to the place where you understand who you are in Christ then you can do whatever he calls you to do James says don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. But you can't be a doer until you've heard the word and you're being what it says. Amen. In Christ. How many want to be captured and in pursuit of him? Let's, it's time to just get radical for God. Amen. You ever known people, you ever known people that put stock or a lot of trust in like horoscopes or, first of all, let me say that that's foolishness. Witchcraft. Secondly, let me say this. If you ever know people that, that, that they don't say, well, that didn't really work. No, they just they keep having this expectation that whatever that says, that's, that's really going to have an impact on their life. You got people that will buy into that foolishness. But then Christians who won't believe what God's word said because something didn't look right or feel right to them. It's time to get radical. Amen. How many of you are all old enough to remember the psychic hotline? Any of y'all remember that? Y'all remember Dion Warwick? Wasn't it Dion Warwick? It was, uh, the, the what? Psychic friends. You could call up and get a, get a, and people did that all the time. And they would put stock in that. Oh, well, they said, I'm about, you know, kind of like, you know, it'd be kind of like cracking open your fortune cookie and reading that and saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. I've yet to read one of those that says, hey, your world's about to fall apart and car's going to break down tomorrow. But you, they keep putting faith in this stuff and they keep believing, but yet when it comes to the word of God, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. It's time, to, it's time for believers to become radical about God's word and his promises. Well, someone might think I'm crazy. <laughs> Amen. Let me, tell, let, me, let me take some pressure off of every one of you, including me in this room tonight. You ready? And anyone watching me online, I'm going to take the pressure off of you worrying about someone might think you're crazy. I think we're all crazy. So no matter what else you do, you got somebody thinking that, so you might as well just go on about your business now and trust God. Yes, we are a peculiar. It says in the New King James, we're a God's special people, but we are peculiar. We're set apart. We're different. It's time to be those peculiar people.
Believe God in the face of the impossible. Believe God. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging bread. Amen. Because he'll provide. Let's get radical. Let's pursue him with everything in us. And let's just believe. Let's just be people of faith. Amen? If the world can trust in stuff that's just foolishness, then we can trust God, who is the God of all things. Have faith. Trust Him and be who He says that we are. Amen. Stand to your feet with me. Let him capture your heart. Pursue him. Know who you are and believe. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you. We trust you. We hear what you're saying to us. Now, Lord, you've captured our heart and we are yours. Let us be in full pursuit of you. Let us pursue your word. Let us be filled with your spirit. Let us be light. Let us be free every day of our lives. We have your liberty. Let us be healed and let us go in the name, the authority of Jesus Christ, believing for healing. Let us be whole, complete, new creatures in you. Lord, you have brought us to you. Now, Lord, let us pursue as never before so we would see what we have never seen before. Let it start with us. Let it start with me. We are your children. We are joint heirs with Christ. We fully recognize it's not because of our works or who we are or anything about us other than you love us. You chose us. You gave your son that we could be redeemed and adopted into the kingdom. We love you. We honor you and let us spend the remainder of our days in pursuit of your will, your purpose, your promises, your plan, and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.